Broadcasting straight from Big Rock Candy Mountain. I'm Zachary Lehman. I'm Taylor Berryman. How can people find you, Taylor? You can find me on Instagram as the underscore Poptimist. And also wherever fine podcasts are streamed. I have a podcast called The Poptimist streaming on Spotify, Apple, all the big guns. You always have a bunch of big guests on there. I do. A lot yeah. of interest, interesting guests, I'll say. Yeah, this week's episode was actually guest list. I did a uh, guided meditation. Okay. Indigo, indigo branches. How did, how did it go for you? It went good for me. I you mean, liked it, it? It, was a, it was a new thing to try. You know, yeah. I, I hadn't done something like that before. Yeah. But that's why I wanted to do it. Our boy uh, Christopher Moltisanti does guided meditations. Yes, he does. On uh, Instagram, Michael Imperioli, for anyone who wants to follow him. Uh, so this week we're talking about a very special song to me. Um, and a very special song in general, I would say. There's, there's, uh, I'm not going to say this is the greatest song ever made. But I will say uh, it's one of the few perfect songs ever made. Uh, Lola by the Kinks. By the Kinks, <laughs> yes. Which, by the way, can I also say before we get into Lola, as a musician, do you view the Kinks as an underrated band? Uh, yes. I mean, they were really more of a singles band than anything. They yeah, had yeah, uh, yeah. a string of great songs in the 60s, like uh, Sunny Afternoon. Mm-hmm. Of course, you really got me. Which uh, all day and all of the night, those those were like early they're, rock and roll hits. They're British on the Sopranos hits. a lot too. Are um, they? Yeah, they they've been on the Sopranos like probably more than five times. They're on a oh, lot. Shit. So I didn't even uh, know David that. Chase. I think is a big fan of the Kinks. But so you, I, I would agree with that because the Kinks. I, I think if you mention the Kinks, no one is going to be like, "I love this album and this album." They're going to be like. I like this song, I like this song, I like this song. Because yeah. they do have, like, probably, I mean, they probably have, like, six or seven really solid hits. Yes. Including Lola, which charted in the UK and the US. Yeah, you, Lola might be their biggest hit. Yeah, I'd say 100%. I would say the average person probably views the Kinks as a one-hit wonder, and it's Lola. Even though I would say I would disagree with them being a one-hit wonder. Because they did have a lot of hits, just none of them are in the conversation like Lola is. Well, which... some of those early songs, they're like British rock and roll hits. Yeah, yeah Plus, yeah. the other thing, the the way that I know this song oh, is from I've never heard this. Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, because he did a parody. Yep. He did Yoda. He did Yoda, yeah, 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 that's right. He did a whole song, and the whole song is just about Yoda, yeah, literally, right? Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. And the Kinks also did a. Um, I'm gonna have to look it up in a second. They did do a song that actually mentioned the Lola character again, Destroyer. Yes, Destroyer. That's it. You got it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this was this was a hit that not only was a hit, it was a hit that they were proud of. Which most of the time, if you hear like, "Oh, it's their biggest hit," a lot of times bands are like, eh, "We're done with this." But the Kinks, to their credit have always liked this song. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's interesting about the kinks too, is that it's the brothers of Ray Davies and Dave Davies, and they are famous for feuding. Like they broke it up a bunch of times, got I, back together. They're, I they're, didn't know this. They're very similar to the Gallagher brothers. Oh, uh, Oasis. Yeah. Oh, this is an Oasis situation. Yes. Okay. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You know, what's up with, situation. what's up with, uh, uh, British brothers just can't get along. No, <laughs> Like in America, it's like protect your brother, but in the UK, man, 
It's like, hate your brother. Smother him. Kill him. <laughs> but yeah, Oasis, uh, the Kinks, that, that, that's a good... I would say even their sound is like an earlier... It's like the Oasis if... Not the Oasis. It's Oasis if they existed in the 60s. Yeah, well, Oasis is influenced by all the, uh, all the British invasion bands. Yeah, and both, we should say, uh, both British bands. The Kinks is a British band. And this song, Lola... Met her in a club down in old Soho in London, baby. Yeah. So, but it speaks to this song's, um, it speaks to the song's power that it could have, it could be very specifically English and yet it translated overseas. Well, it was huge in the US. Part of the reason is because what the song, the emotion that the song is conveying. Yes. Like the songwriting, it's, that's what I want to talk about the a, most. About an inexperienced young man yes. <laughs> who is out in the world for the first time yep. and he gets something that he didn't think he was going to get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And he's not disappointed by it. Not disappointed. He is, he's, when you're a young man, I, I think there's a, there are a lot of moments in life where you, you feel a mix of emotions at once. You feel scared. You feel trepidatious you feel happy you feel excited you feel all these things at once and that's what lola is about yes like yes the song for anyone who doesn't know uh you should go listen to lola by the kinks but if you'd like a little description uh this song is about a young man out in the big world for the first time and he meets a very lovely lady named lola and Lola, there's some details about Lola. She's very strong for a woman. We'll she's, get into that. Okay. <laughs> we shouldn't go too I'm getting deep. too excited, bro. Lola. <laughs> we'll, get it, we'll get into it. But uh, uh, <laughs> let's get into the background of the song. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So this song was released June 12th, 1970. It was, I think it was the lead single from Lola versus Power Man yes. in the yep. Money Go Round Part 1. Yes. The inspiration for the song okay, was uh, Kink's manager, Robert Wace, was oh, drunk and I've dancing this, yeah. with a woman mm. until 6 in the morning at a club in Paris. Ray Davies asked him if he saw the stubble on Lola, and he said yes, but was too drunk to care. Yeah. Another, another thing that inspired the song, drummer Mick Avery said that their band name used to attract all kinds of characters, like all kinds of weirdos, because they were called the, the Kinks. Kinks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was one guy in particular that would always hound them to go out to sex clubs. So that's another thing that. Oh, because he thought they were like, yeah, trying to be the kinky rock band. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And it's also rumored that uh, one of the Davies brothers went out on a date with Candy Darling. Who hung out with Andy Warhol? <laughs> okay. Candy okay. was a trans woman. Okay. Okay. I yeah. What were the um, <clears throat> the lead singer's name? What was his name? Some, well, Robert Davies. Uh, no, it's Ray and Dave Davies. They kind of okay. I think I read Ray wrote this right. Yes. Okay. Uh, at least the the the, the lyrics. lyrics. Yeah. And yeah. then Dave wrote the music. So yes. that, that's typically, I think, how they they did things is like one would write the music and one would write the lyrics. So I wonder, yeah, because I, I mean, look, this song doesn't make it without the lyrics and the music, but I I, I do wonder 
the one Davies, Ray Davies, like what his actual, the actual thing that broke the camel's back that made him write it. Well, I think it was a, probably a combination of things. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like w- with anything creative, it, it's just lightning strikes. He even said when he was writing the song, he knew it was going to be a hit. Because when he was writing it, his one-year-old daughter was sitting around and she started singing the song back to him. Oh. The whoa, 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 part. So he knew even though this is about some fucked up shit, this is catchy enough, which it is, because most people who know Lola, I don't think know what it's about. <laughs> well, I, there's, there's a lot surrounding this song, but basically, um, I'll get into that in one second because I have some stuff Go for on it, that. go for it. I'm sorry, I keep it So they recorded four or five different versions of it in different keys, different styles, and all of that. Yeah. It, basically, they recorded this... In April, between April and May of 1970, and it was released in June 1970. Holy So shit. it was a really quick is, turnaround. Is that a typically, like, that's a really fast turnaround for a song, for right? Back then especially, yes. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of how they were doing things back then. Because most bands would release two albums a year. It wasn't mm. unusual. But you Which have is, to have... That's crazy to think about, because our yes. favorite artist is what? Maybe once a year, if you're lucky. Now or once every five years, right, 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 right. But they're making so money, so much fucking money off of touring that it doesn't matter. But back then, oh. you were able to make money off of actual records, right? So you were releasing product, you know. But yes, this song has some controversy. Oh, which well, well <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was inevitable. <laughs> Ray Davies was interviewed about the song upon its release. And people were questioning him about the subject matter of it being about a trans woman. And he said, it didn't really matter what sex Lola is. I think she's all right. Yeah. So this yeah. is, this is, a, yeah, that's, that is an answer that gets my dick hard, bro. This song's really uh, ahead of its time too. 100%. And I'll, I'll say this before you keep going. Cause you're saying a lot of good stuff. There is a weird time in rock music. It's like the 70s, little bit of the 80s. There are weirdly a lot of songs about trans women. Oh, yeah. Or trans men, however, I mean, whatever they're singing about. But I will say out of all of them, this is the one that's the most nuanced. This is the one that's the most honest. This is the one that's not, even though some people probably would call it kitschy, I would say compared to other songs like, uh, you know, Aerosmith had one. I mean, we we know a bunch. This is the least kitschy yes. of all. Of well, the other one that I would c- compare this to that lives in its same realm is Walk on the Wild Side. Yes, by Lou Reed. By Lou Reed. Great yeah. song. Yeah, great song. Radio stations either faded the track out at the lyric where, you know, uh, what is it where um, where he's uh, saying that Lola, you know, is a man. Is a man, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they it, would, the, the part where he gets the most angry and he's, he goes, he basically accepts Lola is a man and he says, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they would do that or they would outright ban it. Yeah. The BBC banned the track, honestly, for kind of, kind of a cuck reason. Well, the BBC, they're a bunch of cucks. I'm going to go on record saying that. And I don't know if you, if you know about this, but they banned the track. Due to the Coca-Cola lyric, <gasps> uh, they had a uh, policy against product placement in songs. Are you fucking kidding me? No. That was their reason? 
So Ray Get Davies was forced to fly back to the U.S. from New York while the Kinks were on tour in America. He threw he flew six thousand miles round trip to change the lyric from Coca Cola to Cherry Cola. Oh, that's right. Because if you do download this song, if you listen to a regular version of this song, it doesn't say Cherry Cola. It says, but now it says Coca Cola. But there's versions out there. Yes, and that was a version that was on classic rock radio for a long. That's time. That's what I was going to say. Is if you do look this up on like YouTube or anything, he says Cherry Cola instead of, and it tastes just like Coca Cola, which. Coca-Cola, it's not a product placement. He's not talking about how good Coca-Cola is. He's talking about he is in a situation and the only familiar thing to him is Coca-Cola or Cherry Cola. I actually think Cherry Cola works a little bit better. But can I, can I get into why we're talking about this song? Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, Wait, before you say anything. Yes, go ahead. Is this going to have anything to do with being anti-trans or imperialistic. You white piece of fucking shit. Uh, anti-trans, no. Imperialistic, I, I don't know because that's such an impressive word. I, I feel like I would want to come across as imperialistic. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we always, have a, we always have a reason for talking about everything we talk about on this show. Uh, but Lola is, Lola is a very specifically important song to me. Lola, I probably heard for the first time in high school, but the time it really took on a meaning. I've mentioned on here before I was in the Army Reserves. I was, uh, this was one annual training we were doing. We were in, ah, we were in Wisconsin, I believe. Fuck, I don't even know. I'd have to ask. We probably have a few army buddies of mine who are listening and they're like, fuck you, it was here. Uh, Whatever. We went on this AT, this annual training. Basically, when you're in the army reserves, you have two weeks. They say it's two weeks. It's actually a month. You have a month every year. You have to go and do this shit. We had to go to Wisconsin. We had to do all this training. We also had to, you know, we were truck drivers. We had to run a bunch of food around the base, whatever. It's all irrelevant. It was a miserable experience. I was actually, when you walked in, I was talking to uh, an old buddy of mine from the army. And uh, one, one of the things I was saying is it was such a miserable experience. Even this one annual training we did, it was so miserable. But the benefit of the army is not the bureaucracy and all the bullshit. It is being with people that you respect and going through horrible things. You know what I mean? Because a horrible experience with someone you like can a lot of times be better than a good experience on your own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. So that that. was the army. Uh, So this one AT, I had already come up with this theory in my head. Um, I don't know if I had shared this with anyone because I was very, I was very isolated at this point. Like I didn't even, you know, I was, I was in a relationship. I was living with someone, but I I didn't even tell them. How old are you? 22 or 23. Um, and I've listened to Lola a lot. And Lola's taken on a new meaning because I, I, I did this thing when I was 17. I joined the Army. The story behind that is uh, I, was, I was stoned in a pizza place one time. I was with uh, my girlfriend at the time, and I was also with a friend of mine. And I was, I was very stoned. Which, you know, you end up in a pizza place when you're st- It is what it is. You know, you're 16, 17. I was 17 at the time. This guy was behind me, and there were these pamphlets for the Army. 
and I picked one up and I picked it up only because I was making fun of it. I was making fun of it for, you know, my, my audience, my, my two people that came with me. And I was talking about how stupid it was to, to join the army because when we were in high school, I mean, you know, 98% of the men in my graduating class said they were going to be fucking Marine GI Joes or whatever. Big Dick Rambo. Yeah, Big Dick Rambos. Uh, so this guy behind me goes, uh, you think about joining the Army? And I'm like, no, not at all. And he knows I'm stoned. He knows I'm stoned, unless he's stupid. Was this just, just a random guy? Random guy, yeah. He was there with some other guy who, thinking back, he, he was probably Army, too. They both had an Army look, but when you're, like, 17, you can't recognize what that is. Uh, and he said, hey, come see me on Monday. Like, and he didn't say it that way. He went, what are you doing Monday? At he said a random time, like three twenty or something, <laughs> and I think he said a random time to throw me off. Oh yeah, because then That's I was a like sales tactic, dude. Yeah, because then I was like three twenty at Monday. What the fuck is anyone doing? And I'm like, I'm free. <laughs> so anyway, that's a story for another day. You know, failing five piss tests before they accept me. It's a story for another day. Anyway, I end up in in the army years later. I'm in the six nineteenth unit uh, out of uh, <laughs> out of Auburn, Maine, and we are truck drivers. Uh, not that I know anything about trucks, but we are truck drivers, and I am a truck driver according to the government. We go on this annual training, and I remember just being. I don't know. I put a lot of thought into why I joined the army because I remember even like my first or second week of basic training, which I went to Oklahoma. I remember having a moment. It's very distinct in my head. I had a moment where when you go to eat lunch, they put you in a line because only so many people are allowed in. You're not allowed to talk while you eat. And I was in this line and every time the line moves, you kind of got to move, but you got to stay where you are. You got to stay in place. You can't talk to anybody. And I remember sitting there and I looked up at the sky and I saw this big, big sky that just suggested this giant fucking world. And I remember thinking like, I am 18 years old and I am technically a grown man. And I'm being told, I'm being yelled at about how to move in a line to eat lunch. So the army was not a good fit. I'll say that. I love the army for what it was, but uh, anyway, I'm at this annual training. And by this time, Lola has taken on a very specific meaning for me. Lola by the Kinks. There's a scene, we've talked about this movie before, Shawshank Redemption. There's a scene in Shawshank Redemption where uh, (laughs) I think his name's Bob, someone, I can't remember the person's name, but they say, why are you in prison? He says, lawyer fucked me, right? So that was my running joke when I was in the army. I said, uh, you know, it's basically Shawshank Redemption, but instead a lawyer fucked me. It's recruiter fucked me. And the second you say that, everyone jumps on it. And then we were at this, uh, this Wisconsin AT. We were all in a bunch of tents. We were the only fucking platoon with this other unit. We were, uh, I was in third platoon, by the way, which was also called turd platoon. Because uh, we didn't do anything the right way, but we got shit done. And turd platoon... I'm just miserable. I'm miserable in this fucking tent. All I'm doing through the day is just, you show up, you got all these trucks, you're waiting there for five hours, you go run a trip that's 90 minutes, you come back, you wait another three hours, then you're back in your fucking tent with a bunch of fucking dudes. Nothing exciting's happened. 
And I remember I started showing my friends. It was more individually out first. I started showing them Lola. And my th- I started telling them my theory behind Lola, which was that Lola is an underrated theme song for the military. Not for the military as far as recruiting people, but it is a song for the underdog, the, the average man, the eight to fiver in the military. Because people in the military, 98% of them are just fucking kids. You know what I'm saying? They're 17, they're 18, they're 19, they're 20. They can't even fucking legally drink yet. And you have to ask yourself, why did they join? Do you think a 17-year-old, do you think an 18-year-old, do you think a 19-year-old has the confidence in their love of this country to be like, that's why I'm joining? Uh, no. Spoilers. <laughs> there's no, there's no 17 year old that thinks like that. So I joined and, uh, I was at this AT and I'm with a bunch of other miserable people who don't want to be there. I start showing Lola. I start talking about how Lola is a, a healing song for me because Lola is about a young man, uh, a man with the whole world in front of him, a man who maybe knows a thing or two, but He doesn't know enough to go out into the world, even though he thinks he does, you know? And that's a 17-year-old man who thinks he has the world figured out. And that was me at 17. That was why I joined the Army. And Lola is about the same man. But instead of joining the Army, he, you know, he's in a club down in Old Soho where you you drink cherry. It tastes just like cherry cola. Or Coca-Cola, depending on what we're talking about. Uh, depending on if you're the, trying to get played on the BBC or not. <laughs> yeah. That's what the song's about. And I remember the song really fucking spoke to me. And I, I'm not saying it in an offensive way. Because I know, like, it's a song about a guy meeting a trans woman. So all of a sudden it takes on all these political connotations. Never had any of that for me. And the thing that, that, that made me love the song was not only this ignorant young man... Um, being in a situation that he didn't understand. But there's a, there's a point in the song where there's a turn and he gets a little angry. And we, we were talking about this. Yes. Well, let's, should we get into the lyrics? Yeah, yeah, you can. I'll, I'll finish my story. Yeah, yeah. keep going. Finish, finish I'll your finish story. it after. Finish your story. Oh, you want me to finish it now? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you okay. can pepper it in while we're talking about Okay, lyrics, so I'll too. keep talking. You, you interrupt me at any time. So there is a point in the song where <laughs> Ray Davies, I guess, he... He gets defiant, and he's not defiant against a, a, um, a I'm, I'm trying to walk a thin line. So I he's defiant wanna... against social norms. Yes, he is not defiant against this person who has, quote unquote, tricked him, yes. which they technically haven't. Because this is just a woman. He talks about he goes into a bar. This woman starts dancing with him. She has a lot of interest in him. She ends up being a little stronger than most women. She ends up kind of. And then he realizes she's a man. But there is a point in the song where he goes. That she was previously male. Oh, uh, yeah. You okay. Tra- yes. You transphobic piece of shit. I apologize. <laughs> Can I just say, though, uh, before, because I know I'm going to say a bunch of offensive stuff. Can I just say, you've known me since I was in high school. Have I ever been transphobic? If anything, Racist I've been pretty... and homophobic, yes. Transphobic, <laughs> no. <laughs> if anything, I've been pretty... I, I remember even before, I mean, we're in a world now, we're in a post-Me Too world where, like, there's 50 genders and stuff. But I remember when we were in high school, there was no talk of 50 genders. 
it was like some people are trans. And I remember people were very not about it. And yeah. I, re- I yeah. was very about it because I like it, man. I mean, you're giving a fuck you to Mother Nature. That's awesome. Well, I've always been supportive of it. It's the thing. Be who you want to be. That Chuck Palahniuk talked about when he went on Joe Rogan, the absurdist. Yes. What is it? What does he call it? Absurdist something. I can't remember what. The- uh, I can't remember now that he said, it, but I know what you're talking about. Absurd. But yeah. He's basically saying all these things exist in society. That They've people, always been there. Yeah. People want to look away from and they want mm-hmm. to pretend is not yep. there. And this song shines a light on that yes. exact fucking and thing. And that's, that's why I love this song. Again, I have a very personal reason to love this song. But the, the, the reason I, after all these years, I still listen to it is because it, the artistic value is that it is spotlighting something that is fucking real. That at the time and still today, no one talks about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, especially back then, like 1970. 70. No one was talking about this shit. So it it was really honestly ahead of its time. Like if someone released Lola today, well, A, they would probably be canceled and B, that's just normal fare now to talk about. And I I was going to say, you say they would be canceled. The reason they would be canceled is not because they made a song about uh, this experience meeting a trans person. The reason they would be canceled is because... They're talking about it without talking about making a political point. Yeah. Because this song is not about politics. This is just like, yo, this happened. Yeah, he ain't trying to fucking push trans rights. He ain't trying to push nothing. He is trying to be like, I went to a bar. I met a woman who turned out to be a man, but I think she's still a woman, and I feel pretty good about it. That's what it is. So uh, let me just finish. Um... When I, when I joined the army, I came up with this wild theory that uh, recruiters were basically like they were like less likable versions of Lola. Because when you go to see a recruiter, it really does feel like you're in this song where it's like you're a young man. I'd never left home before. You know what I mean? Or what does he say? He's been like a week away from home. Like he's never. And that's what that's what it is, bro. When you're 17, you go into those recruiting offices and they start selling you night and day. And you go. How great your future is going to be. Yep. And th- this is the thing, which this relates to the song. When they talk to you about how great your future is going to be and they talk to you about all this stuff, they're talking to you as an adult to a child. You have no conception of any of this. You know what I mean? You're just like, it's all fantasy to you. Just like this guy walking into a bar, the idea of a woman in the wild just liking him is, it's a fantasy. You know what I mean? It's a foreign concept for young men. Yeah, a man who, again, hasn't been away from home. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and doesn't have much experience with women. So uh, uh, to solidify my my connection, my, my theory on uh, <laughs> on this song... I always viewed it as this song is the ultimate theme song for joining the army because nine times out of 10, when you join the army, like I did and like my buddies did, you walk into a recruiting office with someone who is much more experienced than you. You don't know what the fuck is going on. You don't know which way is up. You're trying to be a man, but the truth is you're out of your depth. And Lola, this is the other thing. This song is not a song by a man who met a trans woman for the first time and then wrote about it right after. 
This is a man thinking back on an experience. He's had time to ponder the nuances of this experience. And that's how the army is, bro. You, you, you sign up and you're like, fuck, what did I do? But then later you look back on the nuances. And I will say, so for this song specifically, so for this AT I was talking about, because I'm all over the place. Uh, for this AT I'm talking about, I started talking. This was the first time I started telling people about my theory about Lola. I'm like, you don't understand. Listen to this song and this will describe your experience with the army. So I started doing it individually. I was real like, uh, I was almost like a Hugo Chavez coming up in the ranks. You know what I mean? I started winning people over individually so then they could go tell other people about my greatness. And then I, all of a sudden I had an army. So at the beginning of this AT, I'm showing a few people. I'm like, this song, bro, this song. By the end of it, we had a guy with a, uh, uh, he had a Bluetooth speaker, but it was a, it was an intense Bluetooth speaker. I, I can't remember what it was. And we would blast music. But w- our first week there, the music that was blasted was like the shit being blasted from other tents, which was like just whatever was. White pop- trash rock. Yeah, like it was just, five finger yeah. death punch. Five finger death punch. Yes. We that had so fucking we white had, trash. I, I actually remember we had another tent. They played shit like five finger death punch, which fucking drove me nuts because you could hear it and that's why we played music and once i won enough enough people over to lola bro it was the only song we played i swear to god i had not only won over my friends on lola i had won over my entire platoon and we played it all the time and not only that we blasted it if we heard another song during lola we turned lola up and it got so bad we had people from other tents because we were all working off of generators because there's no there's no actual, so it's noisy as fuck yeah there's no actual electric kit. it's it's just a bunch of fucking 19 year olds playing loud music <laughs> uh i remember it, this happened two or three times we had our generator uh Someone fucking unplugged it fucking because they were pissed because Lola kept playing. They're like, why are you playing this? But you know what we did when that happened? Plugged it right back in and played it again because fuck you. You don't like Lola. This song describes your fucking life. You don't like it. Go fuck yourself. So anyway. We played this song all AT, bro. We never let anyone stop us. And I hope Ray Davies would be proud of that, bro. Because we all, and I'll say this, we didn't play it. Yes, it annoyed other people, and that was kind of fun. But the reason it became so big, and this is the most fucked up part, is because every person I talked to about it felt the exact same connection to the song that I did. They felt like... Their recruiter was a trans woman named Lola who had fucked them over in some fucking middle America bar. But when all was said and done, they weren't that mad about it. That's what the song means to me is that. And I'm sure a lot of people I was in the army with will say the same thing, which is. Yeah, I mean, do I hate my recruiter? Of course, bro. He took advantage of an ignorant man, just like Lola took advantage of an ignorant man. Although Lola deserves far more credit than, you know, an army recruiter. But the point is, again, when there's that turn, when he he gets, it's not angry, it's defiance. When there's that turn in the song where he goes, I don't care. 
Lola's a man. I'm still going to fuck Lola, and I'm going to be proud of it. That's the army, bro. You reach the point where you're like, yeah, this was a mistake. I was stupid. I was ignorant. But you go, fuck it. I'm going to make the best of it. And anyone who, and this is the thing. This guy, maybe he hates Lola. But you know he won't stand for? Other people talking shit about Lola. I hate the army. You know what I won't fucking stand in my life? Other people talking shit about the army. Do not fucking stand it. The army is my Lola. I love her and I hate her. Sometimes I want to be with her again. On that note, should we get into the lyrics? Yes, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think I made myself clear. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel about the song. (laughs) Oh, I didn't realize it was that intense. (laughs) I met her in a club down in Old Soho. Yeah. Where you drink drink champagne champagne and it tastes just like Coca-Cola. Is that it? C-O-L-A Cola. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. So the opening of the the song is... Real party vibes. Yeah, well, again, it's about a young man who's experiencing something for the first time. He's impressed with the fact that he's even there. I was going to say, this is a young man overwhelmed by how much stimulation there is around him. She She walked up to me... And, and she, she asked, asked me, me to, to dance. dance. <laughs> I asked I'll stop her, her name, I'm sorry. <laughs> and in a dark brown voice, she said, Lola. Yep. Classic. Oh, it's... Is this not... I mean, just real quick. I mean, as a musician, this is a great song, right? There's, yeah, no, it's it's a great song. Because, uh, musically, it's really good. And then the, the lyrics are really good. There's no wasted time. No. In this song. That's what I love about it. Keep going. And then it gets, of course, to the hook of this song. L-O-L-A, Lola. Lola, Lola, Lola. Well, I'm not the world's most physical guy, but when she squeezed me tight, she nearly broke my spine. Oh, my Lola. This is what I love, too, is that the song, there's not a moment where he's like, oh, my God, this is a man, which probably would be an anti-trans song because it would be like, oh, fuck, I got tricked. It's a song of this guy sort of slowly real. It's not him realizing this woman is a man. It's him just realizing who this person is. You know what I mean? I like that, man. Well, I'm not dumb, but I can't understand. Why she walk like a woman, but she talk like a man. Oh, my Lola. <laughs> That's my favorite lyric from the whole song, bro. Really? Why she walk like a woman, but talk like a man. I love it because it's so... It's so innocent. It sounds childlike. You know what I mean? It sounds like a man who's never heard of a trans woman before. <laughs> this next lyric is my favorite song. Or Hit my me. favorite lyric in the song. Hit well, me. we drank champagne and danced all night under electric candlelight. Electric candlelight. Mm. I fucking love that lyric. That's yeah, that's because great... it paints it paints this picture of this this pub yep. that's trying to be fancy, but it's not yes. fancy at all. Yeah, yeah. That's what you picture is like. Even when it isn't this direct, but when you go to kind of like a kind of nice pub, kind of shitty pub, and they have like the fake candles out, you know what I mean? At every table, I've been to those pubs. Yeah, I like that. Sorry, I'm trying to read this. No, no, you're She picked me up and sat me on her knee and said, dear boy, won't you come home with me? So this guy's about to score. Dear boy, won't you come home with me? Yeah. He's never, he's never, he's probably never had sex before. uh, Can you read that lyric again too, by the way? She picked me up and sat me on her knee and said, dear boy, won't you come home with me? Okay. 
This is what I love about this lyric. She sat me down on my knee. And on, her, on her knee. On her knee, my bad. And said, dear boy, won't you come home with me? Now, yes, this is a song about a trans woman. This lyric has nothing to do with someone being trans. This lyric has everything to do with someone being a fish out of water and being in a situation that they don't understand <laughs> and some greatness and some terribleness is going to come at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't this just a young man lyric? <laughs> well, it's, it's a great, this, I would say this song is a love song about life. Yes. It, it's a, I would say this is a love song about Literally just being a young, I would say a young man, but this is a love song. This is a love song about being, just being in love with being young and discovering new things. That's my, my take on it. Yes. And another thing I love about this song is the harmonies throughout the whole thing. Cause it's, it's Ray singing lead. And then I think Dave is the one who is, who is singing the harmony. Uh-huh. Um, but I also love this next part too. Uh, well, I'm not the, hold on. Sorry. Which, I, I by the way, b- before you read that, uh, I was going to ask, like, do you think Dave Davies was, like, weirded out when his brother no. came in with these lyrics? Or was he just no, like, all no, right, cool. I, I'm sure he was down for it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I'm not the world's most passionate guy. And when he's singing that, he's singing it very passionately. He's, like, yeah, pushing this his is, vocals there. This is when he is not screaming into the mic, but he is pushing these lyrics out, like, accept this or die. But when I looked in her eyes, well, I almost, almost fell, fell for, for my Lola. Lola. La, 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 la. Then we get to the bridge, which there's a turn in the bridge. Okay. Where he's confused. He's ashamed. He doesn't know how to feel about <laughs> it. Okay. <laughs> I pushed her away. Yeah. I walked to the door. <laughs> I fell to the floor. <laughs> I got down on my knees. But, yeah, yeah. Then I looked at her and she at me. And I looked at her and she at me, and that's the way that I wanted to stay. Yes. Can I give you an explanation of these lyrics? Yes. This is my favorite part of the song, when he gets defiant, because, again, I'm going to relate this to my very personal experience of joining the Army Reserves. Again, I hate mentioning that. I didn't fucking do shit. I drove some shit around. Whatever. Uh, the thing I love is he looks at the experience as subjectively negative. Not subjectively negative. I'm sorry. Like, from an overview, he looks at it as this is a negative experience. However, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. From his experience, like, these years later, he starts going, you know what? Fuck it. I liked it. And anyone who says I, I shouldn't like it, fuck them too. And you know what? That's joining the army because when you join the army, again, like I said, I'll talk shit about my recruiter up and down. I'll talk about how I regret joining the army up and down. If I hear another motherfucker talk shit, I will fucking put them in the ground. Just like I'm sure Ray Davies would to anyone who talks shit about Lola. Because Lola has her faults just like the army. But you know what? When no one else was around, Lola was there. Lola was interested. And I'll say that about the Army, bro. Anyone who wants to talk shit about the Army, I'll talk about, uh, shit about the Army all day. But you know what? You know who was there when no one else was there? The Army. And my shitbag recruiter. Well, so. that's the way I want 
I wanted to w- stay. wanted to stay, and I always, always wanted, wanted to, to be, be that, that way. way for my Lola. And this is, I love this lyric too because this is him going. Even though, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe what happened wasn't the best. But there is a perfect moment he looks back on. And he goes, I wish me and Lola could live in that moment forever. And I'll give you this. My experience with my recruiter was terrible. My experience in the Army was pretty bad. But when I look back on it, on an overview, I have kind of the same feeling that he has about Lola. You know what I mean? You go, I don't care if anyone else loves Lola. And I don't care if Lola hurt me and betrayed me and destroyed me. I love her. And I'd do it all over again. And that's how I view this song, which is maybe he made something he would call a mistake today, but he would do it all over again. That's how I view the Army. That's probably how 98% of the people who join the Army view it. Girls will be boys and boys Boys will will be be girls. girls. It's a mixed up, muddled up, shook up world, except for Lola. Yep. And so uh, the reason I like this lyric is that he... He's saying the whole world's mixed up, which it is mixed up because you got girls pretending to be boys, boys pretending to be girls. I'm quoting the song. Don't fucking quote me. There's 300 genders. Trust me, I'm, I'm all on board. However, the thing I like about this is he's saying that the thing he appreciates now that he couldn't appreciate as a younger man is that Lola is honest. Lola is 100% Lola. And I will say this. When you join the army at 17, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying this to like fucking talk up my own experience. I'm saying this is the experience of a lot of people. At 17, you can't appreciate that shit. Later in life? Yeah, no, 100%. The army becomes Lola, bro. It becomes like, I recognize all the bad shit, but I also recognize the fucking honesty. Because there ain't fucking nothing more honest then the army, and there ain't nothing more fucking honest than a woman who calls herself Lola, who may have been born a man, who's just fucking trying to, you know, seduce men drinking cherry cola in the middle America. <laughs> I look back on my experiences of my 20s, and there was a lot of experiences that I had that, although they were miserable at the time, there's nothing I would trade them for in the world. Yeah. You know, whether it was yeah. a relationship or something like that. Well, and that's what I think this song is ultimately about is it's about reaching a point in life where like you look back and even negative experiences become, I don't want to say positive experiences, but they become like valuable experiences. You know what I mean? Yes. And nobody is ever going through a bad experience thinking to themselves, this is going to be valuable one day. You know what I mean? It's. It's that you go through it, it sucks. But then years later, like, there are times you look back and you go, wow, like, that was... And that's how I view the Army. And that's why, like, this song, when I was in the Army, this song meant a lot. But it means a lot even years later. And let me ask you this, because this is probably... I have a lot of songs that mean a lot to me. This is probably the one song, though, that I can't hear without 
conjuring up specific memories. Do you have a song like that? That like, not that it means a lot, but like a song that conjures up a very specific yes. memory and you can't, you can't separate it. Um, yeah. So, uh, foreplay long time by Boston. Do you know that song? I do know that song. That is a, that's a deep grab, bro. <laughs> so I was 19 working at target in Topsom. And every morning there was this mixed CD that they would play while we were unloading the trucks. I had to get there at four in the morning. Mixed CD, like you mean just a bunch of random? Random tracks. So it was a lot of white trash stuff. This was, it had like one by Metallica on there. It had five uh, finger death punch. It had that that song, I just saw Haley's Comet. You know that one? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I have this very specific memory of every time I hear it of standing. Cause it was basically, there was a truck and you know, all the big Dick Rambos, they were the ones unloading it and taking a lot of pride in the fact that they were unloading a truck. Yeah. That was me, but I took no pride in it. They, uh, <laughs> they stuck me on the line to basically I was a sorter. So I was okay. further I down got the you. Line. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So every morning I remember, listening to this song because it has that long drawn out intro yeah with a a crazy fucking guitar solo yeah okay um but yeah that that (laughs) that's such a random i mean i guess lola by the kinks is pretty random too so i can't uh, i can't judge too much but yeah so that's the that's the one song you have like a specific there's there's feelings other i i mean i have a million songs that are like but i mean but i mean like with this song um, cause some songs you get like emotions listening to cause you, maybe you remember them or they just make you feel a certain way. But with Lola, it's very specific where it's like, I don't think about emotions or anything. I think about a very specific time in my life. Yeah. You know, no, I think, I think just about hating my life. Yeah. At that age. Yeah. And yeah. I just got the grand damn from you or actually. I was trying to get the Grand Am from you. You were probably actually away at basic whenever this happened because I had yeah. just gotten back to Maine. Yeah, it might have been because I think you bought that car while I was gone, right? Yes. Yeah, I wasn't around. Yeah, I was in uh, Oklahoma. Like yeah. I said, staring at the sky going, what the fuck am I doing with my life? But, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I left home just a week before. And, and I'd I never, never ever, ever kissed kiss a, a woman, woman before. before. <laughs> yeah. But Lola smiled and took me by the hand and said, said, dear boy, going to make you a man. This is the other thing I'll say. I like that lyric because when Lola says, dear boy, I'm going to make you a man. She's saying something with love. But she's also saying something that's not loving. You know what I mean? How so? This is like the army. This is, imagine a recruiter. You know, I'm imagining my bald recruiter looking at me and said, dear boy, I'm going to make you a man. He could say it. It would make as much sense as Lola saying it. And it would have the same meaning that Lola had. Lola was probably saying, look, you're about to be with a woman with a dick. Or maybe without a dick. I don't know. But it's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. (laughs) 
The army is kind of the same way where they're like, you have no fucking idea what you're doing, but you just sign your name at the bottom of that paper. And dear boy, I'm going to show you what it means to be a man. And I'll tell you this, just like Lola, look, does this guy like the way Lola shows him to be a man? Probably not. Did I like the way the army showed me to be a man? Probably not. But a man who fucked Lola and a man who went through the army, both of those are a goddamn man. Well, I'm not the world's most masculine man, but I know what I am, and I'm glad I'm a man, and so is Lola. Yes, and when he says this fucking lyric, bro, he is so defiant, it feels like... There's no way he's sitting still when he sang it. It feels like he's breaking something. Well, he sings it passionately again. Because he says, way he sings that. Oh, I know what I am. Yeah. I'm a man. And so is Lola. And fuck you for even having an opinion about it. And he says it with so much passion that you go, yeah, absolutely. Why should I have an opinion about it? This dude's a badass. Who gives a fuck? I don't give a fuck if Lola has a vagina, a fucking dick or nothing. Who gives a fuck? But yeah, this uh, this song meant meant a lot to me, man. And I'll tell you, the people I, I was in the army with, I still mention Lola to this day, and and they uh, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And uh, and, and Lola also, I, I will say, it just it just when when you're in the military like that, it, it captures the absurdity too of not just the military but life in general. That's another thing I really love about this song is it's just, it's kind of taking a step back and just taking a humorous look at just the absurdity of life because life is absurd. And if you ever want proof that life is absurd, join the Army Reserves, look up your local recruiting office. I guarantee they'll take you uh, unless you have flat feet. Go fuck yourself. You're a monster. You should be killed. Uh, but other than that, they'll pretty much take you. Go through it, man. And you'll know exactly what this goddamn song is about because this goddamn song is about fucking discovering life, but discovering life in the hardest, but the most valuable way possible. 